The Frozen North, episode 41, A Different Perspective. Hello and welcome to episode number 41 of the Frozen North. We're ready to talk about some games today. My name is JJ. My name is Mark. Howdy, y'all! You, you, you cough while you're saying that? Maybe. Maybe? You don't know whether <laughs> don't, you coughed or not? I don't remember. He couldn't okay. decide if he wanted a cough or stutter. I that's Well, that's typical Mark. Man, it is. Uh, my name's Brian. I, I mean, Matt. I mean, Brian. <laughs> As you can see, we're joined by Matt again, Brian, uh, since we record two episodes once. Brian, obviously, is not here again, but he will be back, I hope, next week. Not that we don't like having Matt around. We do, but, uh, you know, I think we Brian's don't. Brian's hatred of JRPGs. <laughs> hey, I, I have an announcement that I want to make real quick. Oh, boy. Um, I have started playing the Mass Effect series. I mean, I don't know if you can announce that, because we just said we record two episodes at once. I did literally just say that. By the time this episode airs, I will have started Mass Effect. Oh, how are you enjoying it? I am loving it. Yeah, you have no idea. (laughs) Unbelievable. (laughs) Did you like the part when... um... (laughs) That was my favorite part. (laughs) That was my favorite. With the uh, spaceships and the the aliens. Yeah. Did you like the part when... You know what my favorite mechanic is? I I love going... I just spoiled it. Why? Right. Garrus killed Shepard. It's like when Snape killed Dumbledore. Yeah, I know, yeah. right? On page six. No, I really like the mechanic where you go and you collect Mako. I hope that that carries through through the other games. Oh boy. Anyways, we uh, we're here. We get we get a few things on the on the uh, on the list today. Uh, we're gonna start off just by you know normal stuff. I'm gonna announce our ways you can get in contact with us you can uh, email us at frozen north podcast at gmail.com check out our website at fngaming.net where we have a forum and our latest news uh facebook.com slash the frozen north at fn podcast on twitter frozen north podcast.blogspot.com and we're on itunes under the frozen north please subscribe to and rate us on there all right good to go so oh wait uh, where can i subscribe to and rate us itunes okay i don't get it uh, I'll just double you check. forgot iTunes? Yeah. Marcus wants you to do a poem. <laughs> he wants me to say, subscribe. Please subscribe. Yeah, that's what he wants. I want him to say howdy, y'all, but he won't My do that. apologize. Anyways, so uh, uh, one last reminder. We are doing our contest on Twitter. Hopefully by now we'll have 100 followers. We should be close. I can announce that, I mean, when you're listening to this, it won't be true, but right now we have 97 followers. One less than what I checked earlier. What did you do? Nothing. What did you do, Mark? I didn't do anything. You know what? That's your problem. Ah, uh, what? Wait <laughs> to go, Mark. I was tweeting all um, yesterday. Believable. That's all right. I'll oh, get you like, the three wh- followers you need. You better. I got it. I got this. <laughs> I just... Okay. All right. So h- help us hit that 100 because we got a pretty good uh, contest lined up. Painful contest. All right. Well, I think it's good. Okay. So we haven't done one in a while, but we're going to uh, actually uh, start out with a spotlight today. All right, guys. Mark. You ready for... <laughs> Are you ready for a spotlight? I am. Yes, that's why I said we're going to do a spotlight. Uh, So (laughs) I spend a lot of time looking at spotlights. Uh, Well, not looking at spotlights. What am I saying? Looking at Kickstarter. You should see his pupils. They're ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) He stares right into them. And I see a lot of attempts to make old school throwback SNES era 
uh, RPGs. But I don't see a lot of them trying to actually do anything new or original other than try and tell a story that they want to tell. Uh, so when I saw this game, Elysian Shadows, I was blown away. I sent it to JJ. I sent it to Brian because it's actually trying to do something different. Uh, they're coining it as essentially a next-gen 2D RPG for Dreamcast, Steam, and Oya. Ouya? Whatever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they're taking the core of an old-school 16-bit RPG and combining that with 3D environments, dynamic lighting, shadows, physics, and positional audio. Positional audio just, sounds really neat. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's pretty incredible. Uh so three three D environments like there it's still going to be like it's gonna top be, down perspective it's, though it's, it's top down perspective most of the time but there are times when the perspective comes up they've actually had added uh, platforming elements to the game and uh, it's it's using action based combat which they say was inspired by Secret of Mana and God of War that's that that <laughs> sounds like a match made in hell it's it sounds <laughs> a little it. bit crazy. But uh, they, they've said that you can in- interact with your environment, uh, use your surroundings to your advantage. They said you can even literally drop a potion out of your inventory and pick it up and smack a boss across the face with it. That's Interesting. pretty good. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, they haven't told us a lot about the plot, but they've said you will uh, travel through lush environments, diverse biomes, explore mysterious ruins, discover world caught in constant conflict between magic and technology. Uh, magic is a gift uh, reserved for only the loyal followers of the creator. I'm putting that in quotes. It's like a proper noun. While the non-religious sects of the society are forced to rely upon technology in their daily lives. Upon discovering, uncovering a mysterious artifact deep within one of the ancient ruins scattered throughout the land, Julian and friends find themselves thrust into the middle of this rising conflict. You can solve the mystery of the ancient c- civilizations, uh, and prevent the destruction of your own civilization. So, you've got this strife between technology and magic. You're going into ancient ruins to try and figure out a mystery from the past. Uh, they haven't told us a ton of details about the plot, but it does sound pretty interesting. One thing that's going to bum JJ out is there is no overworld map. Oh, man. They said uh, they wanted to create a world that is continuous and feels connected rather than disjointed and separated by a world map. Well, that's okay. I mean, that... That's worked before in games yeah. like Link to oh, the Past absolutely. and Exactly. It's, they they it's actually fun. said uh, their environments are very much inspired by Zelda, Link to the Past. Like, there's barrels, you can pick them up, throw them, chop bushes, stuff like that. It's not just... They actually... The word they used, the phrase they used was, uh, no decorative doors. That's the rule. There's no decorative doors. Anything that looks like you shouldn't be able to interact with it, you can interact with it. So, if there's, cool. a, if there's a closet, you can go in the closet. Exactly. Good deal. I like that. I, mean, I like if, that a lot. If there's a barrel, you can throw it at the enemies. You can set the barrels on fire. It's taking, I mean, it kind of feels to me like Divinity, Original Sin in a way, but in a 16-bit SNES style. So that's it's pretty exciting to me. If you go onto their Kickstarter, uh, you should check out their music because it's also really well done. It's a team of seven, I believe, working on it. They're asking for $150,000. They currently have about 88000 with Correct. 22 days to go as of recording this. So well, when, when this episode comes out, they'll probably have about two weeks left. Yeah. 
That's plenty. They've of got time. some stretch goals. I'm going to skip past uh, most of them and go to the one that's important to me, which is if they get to 250,000, they're going to release it on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Wii U. And if they get to 260,000, 10,000 more, they're going to release it on uh, the 3DS and oh, wow. PS Vita. Very cool. That is very cool. So definitely go and check that out. Listen to the music. Listen to their vision because they are actually trying to do something unique. Totally different than what I'm used to seeing on Kickstarter. Definitely. And Mark is actually, uh, he's looking to uh, have a little chat with him and see if we can get something posted on the blog as well. So look for that for sure. Yep. Uh, And that's spelled E-L-Y-S-I-A-N, Shadows. So go to Kickstarter and check it out because it, I mean, just looking by looking at the uh, the screenshots, the pictures, and I mean, it looks like it'd be right up my alley for sure. So I love those old school games. Old school game with a new school look and feel, yep. or wait, new school game. It's worth it just to see. Feel. You know what I mean? Just old to see s- that they've done a day a day night cycle <laughs> and three D lighting on two D sprite graphics. I love it. I yeah. mean, how do you do that? Who does that? These, These guys. guys do it. <laughs> Old Very school cool. game without the old school problems and with a new school feel. There you mm-hmm. go. I'm loving it. Boom. But it's a new school game. Absolutely. You said old school. Forget it. Anyways. No, it's an old school game. Oh, it's not an old school game because it's coming out now. Man. Oh. All right. I'm an idiot. Man. Right. Nobody man. said man. It's I, a throwback to the old school. There you go. <laughs> there you have it. There you have it. All right. Cool. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, I can definitely go check it out because, uh, I mean, hopefully this one makes it. It looks like it's it's on pace. I think it's going to make good, it, definitely. So. I'm hoping it makes it. It's going to be a stretch to get to those uh, stretch goals, though. For me, but if it makes happens. it, man. For me, the, the the thing that's so startling is the fact that they're able to make all these amazing things in this kind of a game with only $150,000. That's all they need to get this game to the shelf. They've actually been working on it for years, and this is just the final push they need to get it done. That, that's that's incredible. To me. That's like, that's I'm, exactly I'm how it. Kickstarter should work. Exactly, they should be. They should have a product that's virtually ready. And then you just need that that little bit of extra licensing, distributing fees, stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, that's yeah. They're they're doing it right. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, with that, we are actually going to head on over to uh, ourselves. <laughs> Myself, Mark, and uh, Brian actually had a chance to uh, Skype in Isaac, who is our uh, first official reviewer for the site. Uh, we we did this a couple weeks ago. I'm going to go ahead and. Just, you know, with the power of editing, throw it in here. The power of editing! So you will you will hear Brian's voice. He was there. He is, he's actually here right now. No, it's not. He is in spirit. Yes, absolutely. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we're going to go ahead and hop over there and uh, talk to Isaac for a little while. And uh, yeah, so here we go. All right, we are here with uh, our newest addition to the Frozen North family, Mr. Isaac. Uh, what's going on, man? None much, just, uh, you know, crossing around the internet. Talking to you, obviously. There, <laughs> absolutely, there you go. Uh, cool, well, uh, we're uh, we're excited to have you on board. We uh, signed you up as uh, our first official reviewer. We haven't we haven't actually, like, published anything yet because we're, uh, we're wanting to eventually set up a time where we can work out the details of how we're going to do it and get the layout. And honestly, I'd like to maybe get one more reviewer on staff if we can before that. But if it takes too long to find somebody else willing to do it, we'll, we'll probably just uh, run with it and see what happens. Um you uh, you sent us two to apply. Uh, one was on Xenoblade Chronicles, and the other was on the last story. And I mean, 
Mark and I read over them, and both yep. of them were, both of us were just like, "This is extremely well written." Yeah, they were and, really good. You know, I mean, I I haven't finished the last story yet, but after reading your your thing, I I really want to go back and finish it now. So, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Like, it, I picked the two games I could probably talk about the most, even though the last story isn't you know like my favorite Wii game ever. It's I still you know it's a it's a Sakaguchi game, so I had to review it. Definitely. So. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, well, why don't we uh, why don't we talk a little bit about you? What uh, what can you tell us about your gaming history? Why uh, why do you like it so much? And uh, what kind of you been playing lately? So I started off playing a lot of platformers when I was younger. I uh, played a lot of Mario Brothers and stuff like that, and I played you know Super Mario Sunshine on the on the GameCube. And what happened from there was that I was exposed to the Mario RPGs. So uh, Super Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga for me, and um, Paper Mario: The Thousand Year Door. I didn't play Legend of the Seven Stars until several years later, so I'm a little bit different in that regard. But um, I, I love Thousand Year Story so much um, that it actually encouraged me to get into other um, RPGs. And a few years later, I eventually picked up Dragon Quest Nine, and uh, as my first foray into JRPGs. And from then on, I just started uh, started gradually building up my my JRPG re- reservoir. When I was uh, younger, I used to only play. Not only Nintendo games on Nintendo platforms, but only Nintendo published games. Like I wow. would not play, I would not play any third-party games when I was younger. So, I mean, I grew out of that obviously. But for a while, it was nothing but Nint- only Nintendo published games. So, and I, I managed to thank goodness uh, kind of cheat my own rule because Dragon Quest Nine was published by Nintendo in the U.S. <laughs> so, so I, when I, I managed to manage to evade that. But yeah, I definitely grew out of that, and uh, now I'm a huge third-party fan. So. Cool. How, how? Just out of curiosity, I I have Dragon Quest Nine, but I haven't actually played it myself. How is it? Yeah, I, mean, I thought it was really good. Obviously, I hadn't played number one any Final Fantasies before I played it. I hadn't hardly played any JRPGs, so I thought it was really good. I thought it was really, it, a really pretty good story. I'd say it's very um, it's really weird because you can actually um, it's one of those collect the seven of these games, and um, you know that in that game it's 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 the it's these magical figs you have to collect, mm-hmm. and but you can get them in any order. Which is what I like. Oh, cool! Um, or at least you can switch up a few. And I always, I always liked them. Um, as a fan of the Metroid series, I always liked sequence breaking like that. So definitely, very cool. Okay, well, uh, we we uh, we mentioned on a previous episode that we posted your bio up on the uh, on the site, and it includes your uh, your favorite genre, which says JRPG, and then mm-hmm. uh, your top five games. So what we would like to do is uh, go over your top five, and let's uh, let's hear what you have to say. I'm I'm curious about. Number three, especially, because yeah. that, that's—I mean—it's a great game. But it's just like it seems so far out of left field compared to the other games you had there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So uh, okay, let's start with your number five. All right, number five is Final Fantasy X HD. I'd never played the um, never played the SD version, but so I have a weird experience with this game because I haven't finished it yet. Um, my number four has been taking up too much time for me to actually finish it, but um, and I, ha- I have been working towards it, and I just love every aspect of it. I know it's universally hated because everybody hates, uh, you know, Titus from the game, and I know a lot of people think it starts the downfall of, uh, you know, modern Final Fantasy, and um, a lot of people consider it the last truly good Final Fantasy game. Well, I mean, I like Thirteen, so obviously I don't, I don't go along with that, uh, with, with that crowd. But I think Ten's a, it's a great game. It's well polished. It's got a good story. The battle system is. <sighs> The best thing I can say about battle systems in games is as long as they don't take away from um, the experience. And ten certainly doesn't. It's I hate the random battles in it because you know I'm, I, I I hate random battles. But, Me too. But <laughs> but besides that, it's 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 a great. It's very solid, 
very well put together game. The story starts off a little slow, a little cliche, but it, from what I can see, from where I'm, the point I'm at right now, it, it builds quite well. Lots of layers of um, of you know subtlety and stuff. That's not nearly as political or nearly as complicated of a story from what I've seen so far mm-hmm. as it is in other Final Fantasy games. It has, has some religious aspect to aspects to it, which I find interesting. Definitely, but um, it's not. It's not nearly. I don't. I don't find the characters as um, quite as interesting as, as other Final Fantasy characters. Um, but that aside, I, I think it's a great game. I highly recommend it. Now, I would definitely recommend the HD version. I played probably ten. Probably played the first opening hour of the the original game, and because um, I wanted, I bought it. I'm like, I don't need to buy Final Fantasy Ten HD. I, I can buy this for like twenty bucks, and I ended up buying Ten HD anyway. But uh, I played the original and the SD version, and it, it's definitely an upgrade, obviously, to play the HD version. It looks great. The people who um, Screenix outsourced it to to make it to polish up the textures and uh, polish up the polygons, they did a really good job. There's some really weird fiddling because of the way it's been upgraded to HD, and it looks weird sometimes. And you can you can tell a lot. You can tell the difference in the facial models a lot worse in between pre-rendered cutscenes and uh, normal in-game engine cutscenes. Mm-hmm. But it's um, the technology that they had in you know ninety nine two thousand one to make the pre render cutscene still stands up today. I'd say it looks probably about as good as thirteen does um, non pre rendered. So that's saying a lot for a game that was developed started development in nineteen ninety nine. Yep. Now it's extremely linear. It is about it is uh, it's probably the precursor to, to the thirteen about how linear it can get. I there's no de- deviation from the path, none of that stuff. But I love it anyway because um, I don't have to have nonlinear story. I'm only there to experience the story and that's why most of the time when I play a game I probably get only twenty five only explore probably twenty five percent of the world. I, I go straight along the path of the story. I rarely deviate and that's that's probably a reason why I like the, I don't mind the linearity nearly as much. It, it I mean it is linear and I th- that's a big complaint that people have about it, but honestly the amount of content and the things you can do in there, the only thing that's linear is just the zones itself, not like yeah. the 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 layout of the story and the the way it presents itself. It's yeah. just, I mean it just feels like, you know, each zone is not each zone, but a lot of the zones are kind of just a hallway you're walking down, but there's so much to do that I mean I love the game. So Now, in terms of hallways, I found that there were much wider hallways, and you know they released multi path. You know they they tapered off at the ends of each of each of the segments. Yeah, but it wasn't just. I, I said I love thirteen, but it definitely was not just a hallway with literally nothing else there to see. Absolutely, and uh, that's probably my, my biggest thing with it. Um, the voice acting from what I've heard so far is a lot better than it was in the in the in the, the original in uh, the original ten. Um, one thing I didn't know I was really interested to see is that John DiMaggio voices. Um, um, Voices Waka in there, and he's the guy who voices. Um, if you've ever watched Adventure Time, he voices Jake. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I found that extremely interesting. And after hearing it, he's he's such a good voice actor. The problem is that the script can be a little stilted at sometimes. I don't think it's the voice actors that are the problem most, most of the time. It just seems the script's kind of flat. Yeah. But from from an earlier two thousands game, this JRPG especially, I, I mean, I've come to expect that it's not it's not a problem. You can kind of get over it. So. Definitely. I don't think it's anywhere near, like, a lot of people do give it flack just because it is kind of like the, uh, like you said, it's the, the beginning of the newer Final Fantasies, um, but I, it still feels like a Final Fantasy game to me. Like, I, the characters are memorable, the story, like you said, is a little bit cliche at times, but honestly, as far as the game itself, it really does have the complete package. I love the battle system, personally. I love being able to swap out my party members in and out, you know, on the that fly. That is nice. So, yeah. which is cool, and I—I I mean, yeah, it's a—it's a blast. So, yeah, I would, 
from what I've played of it so far, um, I'd highly recommend it to uh, even even the I'd say even the most jaded Final Fantasy fan. Now, if you hated thirteen, I think this will satiate you a little bit more because Agreed. it's um, the battle system is probably not nearly as controversial, and the um, the characters are they're a little bit less whiny, I'd say. So, <laughs> I I am curious though to hear what you think about the ending when you get to it. You're either gonna think it's you know cool and it fits or you're gonna facepalm really hard like a lot of people did i'm curious so we'll see we'll see we'll, see. we'll, we'll look forward we look forward to it okay let's uh let's go ahead and move on you're number four final fantasy 14 a realm reborn i absolutely love this game it is probably is my it's the game i've been playing right now the absolute most it's actually the reason my 10's on the shelf for right now i it is the epitome of everything I love in an MMO and everything I love in a Final Fantasy. The from the opening from the cutscene that they used to, to kill 1.0, uh, the original 14, into you know this story and the opening cutscene for this game, it's nothing but just absolute perfection from an MMO standpoint. Is what I would say. Is it unbalanced sometimes? Yes. The recent patch for uh, hunts to be added in is kind of unbalanced. It allows you to get the same rewards that you get for in-game raiding for. Uh, for not, almost in-game rating, right before in-game, uh, for just running around the open world and killing random spawns. But besides that, I think that what um, Naoki Yoshida has managed to do with this title is absolutely mind-blowing. How, how bad Tanaka ruined it, how bad Tanaka released it in a state where it was um, virtually unplayable, I think Yoshida managed, he even managed to take 1.0 and make it playable, and then he took this game and made it amazing, in my opinion. Uh, the story is well put together, my one caveat with the story is that the voice acting is probably the worst I've ever heard in a Final Fantasy. <laughs> it is worse than if you've heard four DSs, um, Final Fantasy four DSs oh, voice yes. acting. Yep. It is almost as bad as that. Yeah. That is saying something. Ouch. So I, I would I would put it now it's it's clear. It's as clear as can be. It's not doesn't sound like it's been compressed, but it's very, very terrible It sounds like, you know, the old nineties, you know, we pulled the intern from the office type of voice acting. <laughs> <laughs> Good way but, of putting it. But um, put it on Japanese audio, and it's it's fine, perfectly fine. Um, they speak in a very verbose, you know, complicated manner, and I think the way they tie in in-game raids and everything with the story, very interesting. Now I haven't got to that point yet. I haven't finished the story. I'm level 47 Gladiator on uh, Atomos. I play it on a Japanese server, but um, I find it it is absolutely mind-blowing how, how good it is and the more i read about 1.0 and the more i watch videos about how 1.0 was the more i realize just how good it is in comparison it doesn't do anything original per se when it comes to the mmo genre it's still got the holy trinity of you know dps tank and healer and it's still got um all that you know in-game grinding that you expect but it does it to such a, a degree of perfection that it's probably the best one of the best iterations i've ever seen of the of the wow formula so definitely just out of curiosity are you you said you're playing as a gladiator and you're 47. Are you playing as an actual gladiator or are you as a paladin? Well, pal- paladin. Okay. All right. I yeah, was like, I was that, like did that, you not that, do the quest? Yeah, that would suck okay. pretty bad yeah. if, if, you, if you were 47 and you didn't have any, any paladin skills. I mean, you can. Yeah. It's just, yeah, you're going to severely cripple people, yourself. There are people that do that. But um, it is, um, I, I like the, all, all the Final Fantasy references make it make it enjoyable as well. Um, you have the Crystal Tower from 3 is in there. You've got a ton of different um, bosses. Um, some of the, there are these things called primals, obviously. The huge uh, hulking beast you have to take down as part of the story. You've got Titan. You've got um, 
Ifrit, and you've got um, who's actually somebody who wasn't a, a a boss in a previous game. You've got Garuda, who was actually just a random encounter enemy. But what they do with the, with the game is is good. The battle system's amazing. It plays even good on the PS3, and that's saying something for an MMO. Sure. Yeah. It um, and it looks it looks amazing, colorful. It doesn't look nearly as good as 1.0 did, but I'd rather it you know look okay, which it does. It looks really good than I would for it to, you know, play as bad as, it's one, as I've heard 1.0 played. So Yeah, it re- I mean, it really is phenomenal. I mean, I played WoW for years, and I, I still go back to it every now and then, and I loved it. This is WoW with the Final Fantasy skin, um, with, you know, a little bit more polish to it, and because of that, I mean, it's it's definitely a draw for me, for sure. Um, and I think, you know, Brian felt the same way when he was playing it as well. Yeah, unfortunately, WoW won me back, but... Uh... Well, just, just because we have people that we know that, that play it. And, that and, and, and for me, the WoW universe, the only reason it pulled me back was the WoW universe I like better than the Final Fantasy universe. But, I mean, that's that said, I still really loved uh, Final Fantasy fourteen when I played it. Yeah, that's what I've, I've heard. It's, it, it, doesn't, it seems to have grabbed a lot of people at the beginning and then let off a little bit, but I have a feeling we'll get an expansion uh, like acknowledgement here in, a, in the next few months, and that'll pull some more people back in. They have a, they have a fan fest coming up pretty soon. I'm sure they'll, yeah, uh, they'll announce something there. So. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's, it's a developing game, obviously. It's, it's still in its infancy as, as when it comes to being an MMO, but it, the, the producer, Yoshi P, is probably the... He he's a really good producer. He keeps it all in line. He listens to the fans, and that's what I appreciate about it. Definitely, definitely. All right, cool. Moving on. Let's uh, <clears throat> let's let's hit your number three here. I happen to like it. I do too. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm just I'm ready to hear the reasons. Right. Okay. Number three. Super Smash Brothers Brawl. So, how do I how do I describe this? I played this game a lot. I played it more than I have played any non-MMO game. I played it for 189 hours. Precise, without having many... Actually, I didn't hardly play co-op at all. So that's just <laughs> all by yourself. Man. And um, it is... I'm looking for, Obviously, I'm looking forward to Super Smash Bros. 4. But the lack of... A, I, I love the story in Brawl. It's just the fan... It's just the fan service in it. I know it's just fan service, but it, it is so... It just captures all that wonder that you see when you... Um, when, whenever you open a Nintendo game, you mentioned, and, you mentioned the story. Are they not doing that with four? Because that's one of the real real reasons I liked Brawl as well is doing this the single player story. No, there's none because um, oh man, Nintendo to let down. Yeah, yeah. Sakurai said back a few months ago that it was because he didn't enjoy the fact that um, it, the cutscenes were leaked online was his excuse for that. Oh, they were awesome though, man. I love the story in Brawl. I know, and I thought it was good. It's, it is. It is. Um, they, they did it all without any dialogue too. Hardly, yeah, exactly. like it was like one line of dialogue in the whole thing, I think. And it was just like a, um, you know, probably just one, one of the people taunts. But I thought it was a, it's a really well put together game. Obviously, the, the, the actual fighting aspect of it is, is balanced. I know people prefer melee sometimes because you know heavier characters, wave dashing, all that fun stuff. But I, I like brawl. I played melee a lot, but I, I hated how heavy the characters felt. And so I liked it when I when I played brawl, and they were really, I liked them lighter. And uh, Obviously, there's I I would I mained Meta Knight. Obviously, that's kind of a cheap main for most people because you know Meta Knight's super unbalanced in that game. That that's one, <laughs> that's one that's one uh, caveat with it is that Meta Knight and and a, and a few other characters are completely out, over top everybody else. They're ridiculously overpowered compared to bottom tiers like Ganondorf and Link, and um, that's that's what's one problem with the game. Another problem I, I don't like that Solid Snake's in there. It just kind of ruins the experience for me sometimes part of the Nintendo immersion when you have a third-party character in, in the story mode and within the actual game itself. 
I don't care for him being in there. It's all know, that fan service, like you mentioned, though. I mean, that's all that was. Oh. Yeah, I, but I just feel like um, if he if they would have made the upcoming roster with Pac-Man and Mega Man as third-party characters, that would have fit in a lot better. It would have been a lot more seamless. And Sonic. Yeah, Sonic sense. fit. Yeah, mm, Sonic yeah. Uh, seemed to fit in fit in well with all that. Definitely. But I, I, I absolutely, like I said, loved the story, loved the trophy aspect, all the music on there. Um, it was a lot for what it offered. It was, um, you know, obviously a small package. I think it was a dual-layer disc, so it was like 8 gigabytes. But it offered a, a heck of a lot of fun for that much, so... Very, very cool, and I think anybody who anybody who grew up like uh, paying attention to Nintendo versus Sega, you know, as soon as they heard this game was coming out and Sonic was going to be in it, they were like, "Oh, we finally get to see Sonic and Mario duke it out." Exactly. So we, yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, I, 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 it's a fantastic game. Yeah. And I can't wait for the new one. Yeah. Except now, I don't. Now that I know there's not a story, I'm less excited. Yeah, that's Dang kind it. of a that's a letdown. Oh, it is. Yeah, I, 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 didn't, I didn't know, know that. that yeah. But I mean, I'm I'm still I'm still pumping myself up because the online will be better, hopefully, yeah. which I'm looking forward to because the online in Brawl was horrible. Are you gonna it's get probably, it on uh, 3ds or Wii U? Both. Both. Bam. Uh, oh man. I, I I'm going to um put down the cash on this, and I'm probably gonna buy a Wii U to play it when it comes out. So there you go. Heck yeah. Uh, okay. Moving on. Number two. This is a great pick. Number two, my number two is um probably the first like. It's one of the first um, Super. Is the first Super Nintendo JRPG I ever played? Chrono Trigger. It is really good. I don't know how to describe it. It's it's the fact that it's not number two and it beat out the three. I know three below it or whatever is a testament to how how good it is. Um, I think that Chrono Trigger. I love Yoshinori Mitsuda. He did an absolutely fantastic job on the music in this game. I like um, the fact that Akira Toriyama did the the art design. DBZ. Yeah, I, I'm a big Dragon Ball fan, Dragon same, Ball Z fan, so, so that fit in well. And I, I, I love the fact that it was Square, Square and Enix before Square Enix, if you know what I mean. And I think that um, the fact that they cooperated to make this game before they were actually merged together is, is, is positively amazing. Um, it's suited, like I said, he just blows it out of the water with the score. Um, the fact that he managed to do it on a Super Nintendo where there was limited room for music, it still had a pretty nice sound card, but there was just, you know, you couldn't actually... It was a lot harder to, to do the music on. I think he he did an absolutely fantastic job. The story's well written. All the characters are are likable. There is a silent protagonist, but well, I mean that's kind of it's kind of what you get with 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 the JRPGs at the time. It's just and Goku I, with red hair. Yeah, it basically is. But um, <laughs> he shares a lot of the same habits. Yep. He likes to eat a lot. Yep, stuff like exactly. That. But um, it is. I when you when in my opinion when you judge a a 2D JRPG from from the past, maybe even some that are being released today, you know, as a kind of throwback. Chrono Trigger is the standard to judge it on. I, I think Chrono Trigger epitomizes everything that is good about the genre and from that time period. Obviously, you know, I think it's better than than, than Final Fantasy VI. Not because Woo! Final Fantasy VI. Yeah, I do. I do. Because not because <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, Isaac, I'm uh, I'm with you. Because um, as much as I love VI, I felt like it was held back by random encounters, which is a thing of its time. Yeah. I felt like yeah. um, he's talking like me, like that. Yeah, that was a big, big draw f- to Chrono Trigger. I, I felt that, and this is going to hurt too. I felt that I like Masuda's score in Chrono Trigger better than Uematsu's in Six. I can actually that, see that. Yeah, that I, makes sense to me. I, I felt they were very much on even ground, so I can see it skewing one way or the other. We've had so opinion. much exposure yeah. to. Uh, yeah, no, that's legit. I play, that's legit. I play, I played Chrono Trigger first, obviously, so that's probably a reason why nostalgia being factored in there. Definitely. But 
it is um, it's a very well put together game. The characters, while they're not ensemble and there's an obvious main character in the game, he he's so in the background. It allows the other characters yeah. to truly sh- to truly shine. And I, I think that um, the fact that it's it, it, there's a there's a point in mid, the midpoint in the game. You actually um, I like the, the the I like the twist in the mid part of the game. I think it's very interesting and allows the player a choice to um, either save or kill a certain character. And that that actually, in my opinion, that choice outlines the rest of the game for you because you know obviously I loved using that character, but it was it was it was great, very well put together. I thought I was near the end when I was in the middle of the story because of the way everything was setting up. I'm like, wow, I'm getting near the end. This is going to be great. And then it turns out there's a whole other half of the game left, and I love being surprised like that. Um, the fact you can see your enemies—that's another good thing. Absolutely. That and the uh, basically. Um, the part where the two party members would work together to attack the same enemy, or three party members, that was that was ahead of its time, in my opinion. I thought that was great. So, just overall, a very, very, very solid game. A great game. It was. It's. It's probably my favorite Mitsuda score that I've heard. Have you played? So, uh, have you played Chrono Cross? No, I, I own it. I own it. I might play it on. Uh, I might play. I probably played on my PSP, honestly, because I, I own it up the digital version. So the music on that is is very very solid as well. It's probably yeah. better than Chrono Trigger to be honest with you, but I mean it's got a different generation. It's actually got it's a that's a personal thing. Sure. I I think it's better too, but a lot of people are it, right. It's kind of fifty fifty honestly. But if you look at it like it's on disc, so they can actually have well, definitely you got the better sound font. Yeah, right. It's just, it sounds almost like real instruments a lot of the time. Ah, absolutely, yeah. I've uh, heard the same things about the score. I've heard that it's pretty good. So definitely, mm-hmm. yeah, very good. And honestly, like with Chrono Trigger. Even though yes, it is a 2D game, came out in the early 90s, it still holds up so well today. Like Brian just mm. played it for the first yeah. time, you know, and he he loved it. So and he's he's another one of those guys that that likes a lot of the new stuff and yep. and everything. But I mean, just when a game like this comes along and holds up that well for that many years, it really speaks to yeah. you know definitely what it did. I didn't like having to fight Lavos eight times. I felt that was <laughs> oh, too much. <laughs> I, I thought that I, I actually liked that part because I liked uh, I liked the fact that. You see these constant threads throughout the entirety of the uh, of the game. So, yep. and I I like the fact that he was always there. The, the segment in nineteen in you know nineteen ninety nine or whatever yeah. was uh, was was amazing. The first time I saw it, it blew my mind. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot to say when I'd already seen you know what three D games could do in pre and pre rendered cutscenes. And I think that that that's, that scene just blew my mind because the amount of humanity and um, just pure devastation it presented um, for a um, for a game that you know that you know that quote unquote old it's from 95 so definitely yeah all right so let's hear it what's your number one it should come as no surprise xenoblade chronicles i am maximum surprised <laughs> i don't believe yeah. he doesn't look surprised <laughs> as much as i as much as i've emailed you all about how, how you should play xenoblade review xenoblade talk about xenoblade more you know wear xenoblade t-shirts you know i think uh <laughs> i think that i think that it's no surprise i i played Z- i bought xenoblade for the wii like right when it came out, I got it for the forty nine ninety nine. I was actually um, I was actually eating at the Taco Bell right beside the GameStop, and I was like, "Hmm, well, I better walk over there and get it." So I walked over there, picked it up, and uh, never looked back. Never looked back at all. I, I waited a few days, I popped it in my Wii, and I just kept playing. And I took, I played it and played it and played it. Unfortunately, I got sidetracked with an MMO. I got sidetracked with Lotro. If you uh, Lord of the Rings Online for all you Lotro fans out there, I got sidetracked with that. And then, but eventually, I came back to um, Xenoblade about three or four months later, and just finished it. I love every single aspect of it. If there had to be one complaint I have, it's um, that it, two complaints. Number one, 
I really wish. I love the Weezer style. I love the way it was presented. I wish it would have been on a on a quote unquote Vengeance console. You know, I wish it would have been on the PS3 or 360. Just to, I can't imagine what the what the what the artists would have been able to do with that Agreed. kind of scope. Yes, definitely. As good as it looks on the Wii, I can imagine it would look just fantastic on a on a, a more powerful uh, machine. Yeah, well, obviously we're gonna have X coming out, and that's oh, yeah. kind of kind of be you know an example of what what it should look like or whatever, like what Xenoblade would look like. But even if you just put Xenoblade in your, you know, handy-dandy dolphin emulator or whatever and pump it up to 1080p, uh, it, it just looks, in terms of anti-aliasing, it just looks amazing even then. So I think they did a, it shows that they did a great, they did a great job designing it for the specifications of the Wii. The battle system, I absolutely love. I know some people think it's slow. I always thought it was fast-paced, and, but I'm a fan of MMO combat. So, As am I. That's kind of that's kind of why I, I, I appreciate that. The music is my favorite soundtrack in any game ever. It um it's it's no comparison. Even Chrono Triggers I find leagues below Xenoblade's soundtrack, and that's saying something. I think um, Yokoshima Mora and Ace Plus did. I don't know. They just blew it out of the water. I love I love I love Islands, and Yokoshima Mora. That's what she's known for, and. It just took all my expectations when I played it and just blew them out of the water. I got characterization I never experienced. The characters can be a little bit weak sometimes, cliched and contrived at the beginning. But as, as the game goes on, they get better, and they're not nearly as cliched and contrived as they as they began. Um, you've al- you've obviously got the um, you know the kind of stupid you know older person who's like the main character, not the main character, like the Ryan who's like the um, yeah. main character sidekick. Ryan. You've got sh- yeah, Ryan time. So. <laughs> You've got Shulk, who's um, obviously the kind of reclusive, nerdy type of kid, who's like the main character. And you got the love interest, and then you got the other love interest, and then you got the um, what else? Oh, the the love interest Fran is what I meant. And then you got the second love interest for Shulk, and then you got Dunban, who's like the tr- traditional like awesome guy because he's so awesome because he just fights with one arm, and uh, the entirety of the game. And he's like the so, big brother for the group too. Yeah, and th- he's actually my favorite character in in, in that game. Mine he, too, uh, definitely. I felt that he was the most mature, and he, he always seemed to have, know, handle the situations that he was presenting to him. Uh, this is another one of those games that you think again near the end. Everything's building up. You're there. You think you're at the climactic battle, and it just takes all your expectations and just crushes them in a good way. Just um, It might drag on for a little bit for some people during the end, and there's one particularly nasty boss battle right near the end. Um, it's actually I found harder than the final boss. It, it is, uh, in my opinion, it is the epitome of what I like in a video game. It's got the magical sword and all that other fun stuff that we've come to expect from JRPGs. But the fact, even the fact that it's voiced by, by British folk artists, I found, made it better. It just felt more like I'm in a different world. And, you know, we're used to hearing the, um, you know, the Troy Bakers and everybody voicing all the, you know, voicing, like, for example, Snow in, in uh, 13. And used to hearing these American voices. And it's just nice to hear kind of a break from that. And that's I really enjoyed the voice acting in that because it, it didn't suck, and I was surprised by that. You know, it was actually solid. No, so. I I got annoyed with uh, with Ryan at times. I oh. think it, not not even necessarily just because of like the the story parts and the cutscenes and everything. It's just hearing the same two phrases over and over again in combat that I was just like, oh my gosh, <laughs> shut up, guy. You know, well, and I mean, then, and if you use Ricky, yeah. oh my gosh, oh. Okay, okay, Ricky is annoying. I will admit that he's he fulfills the annoying animal part of the of the um of the JRPG cast. He's annoying, I was looking at out, but there's one touching scene with him and Dunban that kinda, you know it kinda made me feel a little bit better about Agreed. Ricky as a character. Definitely. And um the theme that plays during that is just amazing. It's a remix of um his his really quirky character theme. So um 
But yeah, Shimomura just hammers on those violins the whole time, and they just they're in every almost in every single song of the game, and they just. They melt your heartstrings. That's what I'm saying. I, I'll just, say that uh, every time I turn the game on, uh, well, almost every time, I would listen to the, like, I would just sit at the start screen and listen to that yeah. theme. It's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. It, 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 it does a good job of portraying every single aspect of the game. Yeah. You know, the, the fact that there's some happy moments, there's a lot of sad moments, but the game, it, it, the game has, has some time to make fun of itself sometimes. It's not all seriousness, and that's what I like about it. There are some moments that allow you to take a little break and, and laugh when there's um you know that and the world design two two big titans that fought and then stopped and then you're on their bodies now that's that's amazing that's a it might not be particularly original i mean chance homer's had unicron and everything but it's uh i find it um i find it extremely well put together and um i actually i'm I'm going back and playing um xenosaga and xenogear sometime soon so i kind of want to go and see if there's any tiny little references in Xenoblade to that, or if there's any similar um, art styles or um, character portrayal besides the obvious Nietzsche- Nietzschean themes that overlie all of them. If, so. if there are any tie-ins, you might see it like at, just from the ending of Xenoblade. I won't say anything because these yeah. guys haven't beaten it yet. But yeah, I, I, can I, see that. I will say like one. I was gonna I was gonna be so upset like when I was playing through it. The whole time I'm sitting here like, where did these, you know, Titans come from? All, all it is has been talking about, like, you're just on them, and that's it. And I'm like, are they on a planet? What's What what the heck is this? We're just on two giant gods or whatever? What is this? And then you beat the game, and it tells you everything. And I was like, oh, wow. So, and it, yeah, it's so cool. Yeah. Like, I, I was going to be so wait. mad if it didn't do that. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it did. I love the ending. Yeah, it is. The ending is, it just. It's it's extremely sad sometimes. Like when you when you think about what actually happened to, um, actually what you would call like I, I find the I find the I find the the villain you know in the overall all the villains in the game very sympathetic. Like none of them I felt were just pure evil for the sake of being evil. There were no there were no like Saurons in this game. You know they're just evil because they're evil type of thing. Yeah. It's it's all very much. They're evil for a reason or that they're they're misguided type of thing. And it's that type of moral. Relativity. I, I I hate more relativity when I look at stuff from my own personal views. But within the context of this game, it really showed that there are a lot of grays within stuff, and it's not just black and white. And I find that extremely important within the context of it. Absolutely. So. I think I think when we when we finally do review it on the show, when Brian has a chance to play through it, um, we'll probably have you back on, and you can you can talk about it with us because I'd like to I'd like to go into a little bit more depth of of the themes and the plot and everything like that. But there's just yeah. so much there that I, I don't want to spoil it before he has a chance to play it. Yes. So yeah, and you, and, and in order to talk about the ending, talk about Xenoblade as a whole, you need to put, uh, I think the good, you need to just sit there and be like, okay, stop listening now. If you haven't finished it, it's spoiler time. Right. Because you have, it's just so, it's so deep at the end that you just need to spoil it. It's a, you know, so it is. I, I mean, and I've, I've said it before, you know, hands down the best game on the Wii for sure. And honestly, like, I, I one of the best games of the generation. Um, yeah. It really, really does shine, and it shows you, even though, like, the character faces and that kind of stuff, uh, not yeah. really that great on the graphics <laughs> department, but the, the environments yeah. and the world itself pushes that system to its limits. You know, granted, yeah, it is the Wii, and we wish it was on something else, but, man, it, for what it was and what it did, they, they still hit it out of the park. And it's because of that that I'm I'm just pumped for X. Now... When I saw that it was more of a traditional JRPG story, was I a little disappointed with X? When I saw, you know, the E3 reveal that it was a little bit more 
you know, contrived and it was actually in the real world. Was I a little upset? Yeah, but I think they'll they manage to turn around and there's some interesting tie-ins that Xenoblade could have with that. Or the rest of the Xeno games, you know, from what I've heard. Definitely. So. Definitely. Cool. All right, man. Well, uh, we appreciate you taking the time out and uh, talking to us about some games and and what's going on with you. Uh, what what you been playing lately, just out of curiosity? Uh, 14. 14. All right. Yep. Solid, that, that's, been, that's been pretty much, it's just taken up all my time. I've been getting, you know, my, my paladin, the, the 50 or whatever, and I'm at 47. I'm almost there. I've like six more dungeons and I'll be there. Oh, type of thing. Then you get your Magitek armor. Sweet. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Then I might just try to go for the goal of uh, if you get 500 player commendations, you get the golden Magitek armor. So, oh, really? Yes. So nice. I might try to go for that. But Cool. Yeah. All right, man. Well, thanks again. We appreciate you, uh, like I said, taking the time out. And uh, I think we're going to probably call it here. But do you have anything else you want to add or throw out there? No, that's it. Thank you. All right. You guys have anything else for Isaac? Nope. Solid. Solid interview. Had a blast talking to you. Yeah. Mark said, <laughs> I had a blast. The JJ six talking. Marks that, the Talk. six words that Mark, Mark said. Mark, Man. <laughs> though Mark what? was talking over you the whole time, we would forgive him. Yeah. <laughs> Next time we... Yeah. All right, man. Well, uh, take care, and we uh, we definitely look forward to hearing from you again in the future and uh, seeing what, uh, what kind of reviews you pump out for us. All right. Sounds so, good. Appreciate it, man. Have a good one. You too. And we're back. Oh, hi. <laughs> we're back. <laughs> uh, Matt, welcome back. You were gone for a little bit. Yeah, I had to step out. <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, as as we said, we're totally excited to have Isaac Vord. And, uh, Absolutely. Can't wait to see uh, what he starts uh, dishing out for us. So, with one last thing on this episode, we're going to go ahead and do a bi-weekly question that we promised to do like a month ago. Uh, but we just had so much other stuff going on that we, we kind of just been holding off on it. We, uh, about four episodes back-ish, something like that, we asked about, uh, how do you feel about the term gamer? Is it simply a person who plays games, or is there a level of hardcore that that player has to achieve in order to be considered a, quote, gamer? We got some responses on the, uh, forum here. Bomaruski, uh, he says, uh, I feel like a gamer is someone who is passionate about video games. I have buddies that play Madden and NCAA football, rest in peace, uh, a lot, but I would describe them as guys who play video games. Now I also have buddies who are diehards like me and keep up with all the happenings in the gaming world. Those are my friends that I would call gamers. So I think what he's essentially saying is like if you stick to just one specific, you know, area of gaming, you play games, but you know, you're not really a gamer yeah. unless you actually experience a lot of what gaming has to offer. It would be like uh I wouldn't call someone a gambler just because they played in a a pay fantasy football league if that <laughs> makes any sense. Yeah. It looks like it doesn't make sense to you. I, well, I'm just kind of trying to think of a better example. It was a weird example. Like, I wouldn't call somebody a uh, a food connoisseur if all they did was eat barbecue. Okay, that works. You know? We'll go with that. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah, Mark and Matt responded here, but I don't need to read their comments. Oh, I will definitely read my own comments. But I don't remember my read opinion. Your own comments? Yeah. I actually, what Matt said on here, I really, really agreed with. Uh, Shen- I can never pronounce this guy's name. Shenayu. I have thought of this before. I have a cousin who plays games that I would consider core games, yet I don't consider him a gamer per se. I think it does have something to do with how you feel about it culturally. Do you seek out news, podcasts, websites, forums? That's the sort of thing that step- separates a person who plays games versus someone who feels gaming is a... a uh, how do you pronounce that word? Zeitgeist? 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 
uh, of the times. You can play Call of Duty Hardcore, but do you feel gaming as a whole? Do you know the history and what it all is as a whole? So he's saying, like, beyond the games, I guess. Like, do you actually, like, want to... I guess a, a comparable example would be, like, in football. If you're a football fan and you just watch the games because you like watching the games... Uh, in addition to following players' careers and where they get traded to and maybe who's coming out of college and going into the NFL and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, who's to say who the bigger sports fan is? You know what I mean? So I think that's kind of what he's saying. Like, do you actually do all the extra stuff that goes along with it or you ju- do you just simply play games? So, like I said, you guys were the ones who uh, did the other stuff. Um, Matt, why don't you start us off? What do you think? Uh, Well, kind of like what Bombarowski was hinting at... Um, I basically reserve the title of gamer for somebody who is passionate about the gaming medium. Like they're 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 into the culture and they, you know, delve into all different aspects of gaming. Um and they they care about the actual uh I would call it an art form of video games, but um they basically they, they they care more than just about consuming the product. They, they, they care about how it was made, the people who made it and uh, you know, what it means for the, uh, for the industry as a whole when they actually play a game, like how it impacts the rest of it. So yeah, that's how I look at it. Uh, of course, you know, this passion can be in different forms. Of course, you know, sure. you can be really passionate about the you know, mechanics or being the best or loving stories like what we do. Um, but you know, you have to it, fulfill one of these aspects and be pretty, pretty passionate about it. I'm going to give a <laughs> typical Mark answer and well, say, stay neutral. I, I think that if you feel that you're a gamer, you're a gamer because okay. that's, that's a self-applied title. Not, I mean, if you want to be considered a gamer, that means you're passionate enough about games. You're, you're, you're putting that title on yourself as a badge of honor. And if you if you feel that way about games, you're probably a gamer. But then I think about like the title of hunter, because gamer, we've 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 made this term that's a little bit more innate than just fan of games. It's not fan of games. It's not fan of football. It's mm-hmm. its own word, like hunter is its own word. And I wouldn't say that someone who goes out and hunts once is a hunter. Mm-hmm. Someone who goes out and hunts and has the gear Regularly. and knows what they're doing that's a hunter. So I think I actually do agree with Matt uh, that there has to be... You can't just be passive about it. You have to be really active and engaged and maybe keep track of the history of where certain game designers came from or play games uh, five, six times a week. Uh, You have to have some kind of active, engaged aspect in your life. I I agree wholeheartedly with what you're saying. Um, I I think we're at a point in time now and it's I, I think the term gamer is actually becoming more than just somebody who plays games, you know, period. Like, I think we're actually starting to because we're seeing such a rise in, uh, you know, esports and that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's what people are starting to think of when they think gamer, not just somebody who plays games. It's like uh, to use a football example again, football player, somebody who goes out on Sunday nights and throws away the throws the uh, pigskin around with a couple of buddies of theirs isn't a football player in the in, exactly. in the way that we think of a, a football player. We see somebody in the NFL who does it on a regular basis and like not necessarily in a professional way, but somebody who regularly does that activity is a football player. Just like somebody who regularly plays video games is a gamer. Um one could even, you know, stretch that to board gaming as well. Mm-hmm. But I think 
people are starting to kind of look at it in more of a professional capacity as well. I think that, like, I consider myself a gamer. I don't know. Do you think they're, they're, I guess the biggest wall I would see is, is between gamer and professional gamer. Because, you know, do you think that we'll eventually hit a point where there is no wall there? Like, because you can say football player, but do we really say professional football player? I mean, we do. Not as often as we used to. But if I say a football player, you're going to automatically assume professional most likely anyways. That's kind of a good point. Like, we'll refer to those types of people who don't play it professionally as, like, a jock. Like, it's a different subset of of individuals. Well, I mean, I'll I'll, I'll still say somebody in high school plays football as a football player. But if I'm just bringing up a, uh, you know, in conversation and I say, you know, that guy's a football player there's a good chance a professional is going to be implied. Right. You know, and I, th- I that's probably not as great of an example as, as I can think of if I had more time. But I mean, I think that's kind of where we're coming to with games as well. Like, do you think eventually we will get to a point where if you say that guy's a gamer, the, the, you know, maybe that's going to imply that he's into esports and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think that we, it's a weird, the way the language works is weird because football player is still two words being put together, like football fan, where football mm-hmm. describes what, and then the next word is actual act, the actual title that you're giving them. They're a fan, they're a player. So it's kind of interesting. It's yeah. it's made itself into a kind of ambiguous problem where, I mean, it's not really a problem either. Hopefully but, it won't be. No, not at all. But I mean, no. there there are certain situations where I would, you know, take issue with somebody self-applying the term gamer to themselves if they're, Actually, not one like, say, I'm going on a date with a girl who says that she's a gamer girl, and then it turns out all she plays is Call of Duty and doesn't know anything about gaming. I'm going to have a completely different impression of what I'm to expect than when I meet her, like, than what the reality actually is. So it's like, you know, you may, try and make sure that we, we need to try and make sure that it's somewhat consistent. There are certain qualifications for the term. Yeah. Otherwise, no one, the, the term's not going to mean anything. And uh, especially with the point we've gotten to now where, there, I would say, ninety to ninety-five percent of the people, in general, who own smartphones, play video games, play like I don't know, Pagel, or you know what's funny, a I bejeweled actually, clone. I don't consider those to be video games. Okay, so then question for you, Matt. You say that you would, you would take issue if you like went out with a girl who said she was a gamer and, and played only Call of Duty. Yeah. Does that really matter in the grand scheme of things? Well, I mean, ultimately, no. I mean, I have, I'd get over it, but I mean, I would, I would, I personally would have a certain expectation that she's, you know, got at least a little bit of passion and can go into decently in-depth conversation about video games in general. Like it's an interest of hers. So not you just, would, you wouldn't not really... just something that she does, you know, with one game that she's has experience with. Okay, you know? so you wouldn't necessarily take issue with it. You would just be a little disappointed. Yeah, I would, I would be disappointed. I would be disappointed that I led myself in the wrong direction. Like, yeah, it's partially my fault for having those expectations, but I mean, isn't that what the word's supposed to mean? Like, am I completely yep. in the wrong for having that expectation? Here's a here's an analogy. If uh, if JJ told me he was a chef, and then he made me some food that was just kind of okay, I'm not going to be upset. I'm not going to be furious with him that he said he was a chef. But I'm going to be like, I don't know why he said that. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, it's not a dilemma. It's just kind of like, uh, no, disagree. Yeah, I mean, if somebody comes up and says they're a gamer and all they play is Candy Crush, I'll be like, oh, you can think what you want, buddy. All right, you know, <laughs> exactly. Whatever. Yeah, you know, it doesn't. 
whatever. It does, it's just not that big of a deal. I wouldn't be that passive about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'd be like, that's not a game. <laughs> uh, two more two more comments I wanted to read real quick that were on the Facebook page when we posted this on there. Uh, Matt, different Matt, says, uh, obviously playing a game one time in your life doesn't make you a gamer. I'd say you own a system or into more than one genre of game, play at least a few times a week, and read about or watch videos or whatever, and somewhat actively keep up with what games are coming up, then you qualify as a gamer. If you're just a guy whose roommate owns a PS4 and you like to play Madden or something, and that's it. And then he trails off with, eh. (laughs) So, I mean, I I don't know. I like the question. I find it interesting to get people's thoughts on it. But simply put, for me, a, a gamer is just somebody who plays video games on a regular basis. That's it. Yeah. Keep it simple. I think there should be an aspect of being engaged and not just passive, but like I don't think it's a strict definition. But per I mean perfect your your whole Call of Duty girl playing example. If she's not a gamer, then what is she? Is she a Call of Duty player? Are you going to call her that every single time and that's it? Like no, you're just going to be like she plays she, she's she's a gamer. Honestly, it's kind of a conundrum. It would probably <laughs> depend on how often she plays Call of Duty. Like if she's completely obsessed with it, then I'd just be like all right, I guess I have to call her a gamer because there's nothing else better to call her. Man, your her dates must suck. So it's like, wait, so you, all you do is play Call of Duty? How many days out of the week do you play? Three? Okay, all right, that's fine. As long as it wasn't four days out of the week, you, you can call yourself a gamer. That's cool. I mean, seriously. Come on. <laughs> come on. What? Fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I do. I understand what you're saying. I just... I think that it's just... No, it's my own fault. I understand it's my own fault. I'm just saying that... I don't feel like I can be 100% blamed for having a certain expectation when someone calls themselves a gamer. Normally, there's certain implications but with, with labeling yourself that. And like a, a gamer girl is normally somebody who likes to play a lot of video games, who will buy is it video though? games and have consoles and have a computer is and it be though? nerdy. Uh, I think so. Okay, well, see, that's there it is. It's an opinion thing. Nerdy gamer girls who are obsessed with things that don't technically matter kind of like me you're a nerdy gamer girl who obsessed with if, obsessed if i was with things. there's a new I, that's the new title for the episode if i was a nerdy girl, gamer girl if Matt, i was a girl that's effect too. nerdy nothing, gamer girl nothing about me would have to change and i would be a gamer girl i what i don't know what you mean wait what <laughs> absolutely i'm sticking to it Nothing would have to change. And well, something would have to change. I'm so no, no, good. Yeah, I'm something would I, definitely have to change no, to make the, you a gamer girl. The change was that I'm a girl. <laughs> That's the change. But nothing else about my personality or anything that I do would need to change, and I would be an, a, a gamer girl. Things just got awkward really fast. Yeah, I'm, I'm so confused. I think we've right settled the argument. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I think we learned something new about Matt as well. Uh <laughs> Uh, one last thing, uh, Isaac also uh, commented on here. He says, "Gamer is a relative term, but it most sure, sure ugh, but is most surely applied to someone with knowledge of gaming in general or an in-depth knowledge of one particular genre." It seems like a lot of people feel like as long as you go beyond the video games, you're you're a gamer. Uh, a lot of people feel that way from the looks of it in the comments. Yep. So I'm I'm actually surprised by by that. Kind of cool. So I I mean I'm still just sticking to the simple thing like if I know somebody plays video games on a regular basis I'd call them a gamer. It's kind of like a common perspective like if people will look at other things like other things about culture 
from a quote-unquote gamer perspective of someone who actively consumes a lot of video games they're uh, they're aware of things that happen in the gaming industry therefore they have certain commonalities in the way that they judge and perceive other industries such as movies or comic books and stuff sure. like that so if i can name a game designer and you know who i'm talking about david Schaefer, i'll give it to you david Schaefer. yes yes <laughs> knew it i knew it jj is a gamer <laughs> all right you guys got anything else to add mark jacobs and that's what you Andrew wanted to Jackson. add <laughs> oh my gosh uh next well two weeks from now we're going to be asking Ooh, i like this one what types of games do you see becoming really popular once vr gaming becomes a common thing yes i'm excited for that one yeah. I am too. I'm excited, but I do take issue with the premise of the question of VR becoming a common thing. I'm not I'm not sold. You don't it. think it will? I don't what? think so. What? Wow. Oh my god. Man, that's a that's a they've, I, they've tried several times. I, I yeah, just, it's they didn't have gone. the technology the that's, last several times I tried. Have you played the Oculus Rift? I do think the Oculus Rift has the best chance of doing it, but I still don't think that the public at large is gonna catch on. It's kind of like the MMO mentality. It, Define, it, I don't know well, if enough of the mainstream is going to catch on and, and invest in it enough for people who want to make a well, lot of look, money Well, look, you got it. another segment idea. Bam. There I don't understand. Go. You hate big money in video games. Yeah, I do. But so why, I, why is this a problem all for right, you? All right, I don't know. All right, I hate it all right, because I acknowledge great guys. existence. Okay. <laughs> all right. We'll go ahead. You and, did this, JJ. Yep. I just asked a simple question that had nothing to do with what you guys just answered at all. Ridiculous. We'll take the rest of the argument off the air. I mean, I'm still left on Matt being a gamer girl. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a gamer girl who hates VR. And <laughs> likes My Little Pony. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm. All right. <sighs> this is the Frozen North signing off. I want to thank you again for taking the time out to listen to us. Uh, my name is JJ. Uh, my name is Mark. And I'm Matt. <laughs> you certainly are. <laughs> way, to, way to just feed that. Okay. Thank you again very much. And as always, keep on gaming. song was made available through the Creative Commons Attribution License by Ziphoid. The song title is Radical Fanfare.